This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Brought to you by Dext. Welcome to the Best Practice in Accounting show with me, Rob Brown. And on behalf of the Accounting Influencers Podcast Network, this is one of five shows we have going out every week. On Monday is our Big Success in Accounting show, featuring panels and deep dive discussions with real experts. Tuesday is our Insights in Accounting show, where we comment on the news. Wednesday, we bring up our influencers and our experts and interview them, usually one-to-one with stuff they're really, really good on for the accounting and fintech world. Thursday, this show is our Best Practice show with Practical What Works things for accounting practitioners, bookkeepers, and the fintech ecosystem that surrounds them. And Friday is our UK Matters in Accounting show, where we deal with UK Matters in Accounting. I'm thrilled to have with me today my guest host, Lucy Cohen. Lucy, good day. Hello, Rob. So Lucy, in best practice, we talk about what works, and you're on the cutting edge. You run an accounting firm yourself. You've got a scenario that might happen to accounting firms where they get an unfavorable review or comment. Talk to us a little bit about why this is important. Yeah, the dreaded one-star review. Look, it's going to happen. If you are any firm that has communications with clients, which has a good uh, web presence, which engages on social media, which is active on LinkedIn, at some point, somebody is going to get annoyed and leave you a one-star review. We only li- we only deal in one or five-star reviews now as a world. That's all you ever get. You never get a four. Um, I'll, up, I'll upgrade it to five in a few months when I see how it's going. You never get anything but a one or five star. So it speaks to, I think, what you and I, Rob, have spoken about before, which is things being very polarised. Things are either amazing or they're terrible. There's no, oh, satisfactory, met my expectations, that'll do. So at some point, you are going to get a complaint. You're going to get a one star review. You might even have someone go on a bit of a rant because they've not been able to get hold of you and they'll go to all of your social medias and leave a comment on all of it all in one go, copy and paste, because you can do that. You can go and do it and it doesn't feel good. And we're in a world of extremes, aren't we, Lucy, where if people are absolutely wowed by something, they feel moved to give something favorable by way of a comment but equally if they're incensed by something they do take it upon themselves to tell the whole world of their experience which can be um very toxic can't it it can and it doesn't feel good as a business owner i I talk about accountancy practices as businesses because because we are businesses and no business wants to get that notification at two in the morning that someone's emboldened uh, because they've imbibed something and they want to go and have a little rant and leave you a one-star review and it will happen to you um, and it feels really horrible but it's not the end of the world so first of all no business looks like a real business if it's only got five-star reviews let's just get that out there there is not a single business in the world a real business that isn't faking it somehow that only has five-star reviews because regardless of how brilliant something is there's always going to be somebody who hates it that's just how it is and there'll always be somebody that isn't for you and they might go out there and share that and I think that's life Lucy isn't it that's we, life you and I might see the same film and you think it's great and I think it's lousy 
absolutely comedy classic some people find something hilarious and some people think it's really offensive and that's you know, vive la difference that's why we live in an interesting world I think the thing you have to really consider when you're running a business or running an accountancy business is how much that that complaint or that one star matters to you and that's not to say that you disregard it but that's where you look at doing some self-reflection so you'll take this complaint on board it might be public, it might be private. You take the complaint on board and instead of what we all, I think, have an instinct to do, which is to go on the defensive, go, yes, but this or no, but that. If I did that and you said that, let's not get into that weeds. Let's not get into the weeds there. Let's not get into the minutiae of the detail. You can let's add just... a lot of wind to the sails of it or fuel to the fire and make it worse, can't you? You really can. You need to stop. You need to take a breath. You need to absorb it and sit with that uncomfortable emotion for a little bit and then look at, what motivated that person to take that action? It's unlikely, it's not always, but it's unlikely that's their first encounter with you. Maybe things have been building for a while. Maybe there's been a bit of frustration. Perhaps they feel like they're not being listened to. Try and figure out the motivation behind it and then decide if you think you've done a good job or not. So if you honestly believe that you've done everything you should have or they've massively got the wrong end of the stick, you respond to it politely laying that out, hopefully finding a way to kind of bridge the gap and make amends and move on for it. And it, that moving on might be that you decide between you that that person no longer is a client or it's that you're going to give it another try and you have some very clear outcomes you're looking to achieve there. So you go, look, you've been very unhappy. I understand you feel we've let you down. I'd love to have a chance to rectify this. In the next three months, we're going to do this, this and this, and hopefully we'll restore faith or whatever it is that you need to do. If you really have screwed up and you look at that and you go, actually, yeah, we did drop the ball here. And it happens. We're all human. It's going to happen sometimes. It's about how it's about how you take that on board and you go I'm, and you go, I'm sorry. I see why you're upset. We dropped the ball here. We're going to fix it. And we hope you give us a chance to. And if they don't want to give you a chance to, you just have to go, OK, I understand. And we will do everything we can to hand over and make it smooth for the next person. We're really sorry we let you down. And that's all you can do. You can't be mad at someone who says sorry. It's accepting it. It's owning it. Owning it. And that's what this is all about. It's about looking at a inverted commas mistake and going, did we make a mistake? And if we did, how do we fix it? And if we didn't, how have we not communicated it well? And how can we build this relationship and the communication going forward? And some people do get vindictive about things. They feel personally slighted. They feel like it's been at them and they want to have a rant, as you suggested. And there's nothing you can do to put that right. No amount of appeasement, compensation, discount, reaching out, being amicable, olive branches will make a difference to them. So have you still got to do that? Or sometimes do you have to just let it lie? I think you definitely have to try. I think you always, I, I'd recommend having a procedure for how you deal with the things so that you know that you get, you given each one equal credence. It's very easy, especially if someone's been a bit of a difficult client, it's very easy to disregard maybe what is a potentially legitimate complaint because they're a bit difficult to work with or you, they've been, they've complained and it was kind of the, the boy who cried wolf before. And so you don't believe them this time. So it's very important that you look at each one on its own merits. So maybe have some sort of procedure. Um, but yeah, you do have to try, but you have to know when you're going to stop. So you have to go through your things, your procedure of what you will try to reach out. And if they're still not having any of it, then you have to learn to be okay with going, we've done everything we can. We've made every offer we can. I think this is where our paths split now. And that's that. And presumably there will be times, as you say, when you get it wrong and you have to hold your hands up and, and apologize, but obviously change things internally, particularly if you get multiple 
complaints around the same area, which suggests you've got a gap to fill or something to do. We've all maybe at times made a change in policy or procedure. We've seen it with very famous companies where they've changed the name of something. Um, Cocoa Puffs changed their name to Choco Krispies years ago, and then everyone hated it, so they changed it back. Sometimes you just have to listen to the people and give the people what they want, especially in that kind of instance. Um, I always find that one quite funny. I can't imagine the amount of money that went into rebranding that only to have to pull it all. <laughs> so I bet I bet a box with uh, Choco Krispies on it is worth quite a lot of money now, actually. Anyway, I've digressed. You might make a change in policy and you think it's a great idea and no one's called you on it. And for whatever reason, it gets out there and your clients hate it. And if everybody hates it and everyone complains about it beyond the moment of people just not liking change, you always get a bit of pushback when you change something because people don't like change. But ultimately, then you'll get people starting to go, oh, actually, no, I quite like this. Actually, no, this is better. I see what you mean. If it really is a, a stalwart, this is terrible, we hate it, you just have to go, all right, we tried, we're sorry, we're putting it back, sorry about that, we understand that doesn't work, we'll never do it again. Um, or you might have a member of staff maybe who's underperforming in a certain area and you see multiple complaints coming in from that person, you look at whether that's a staff development issue or, or a poor fit in terms of uh, culture for that person. Maybe a piece of technology isn't working properly and you need to go and take further action because it's constantly falling over in a certain place and that's causing real frustration. Sometimes you will have to go and fix something and you, you need to do that. And sometimes it takes time to fix these things. And in those scenarios, you just have to ask your customers for patience. So you say, we recognize we've got a problem. We are fixing it. As I'm sure you're aware, these things don't happen immediately. We'll keep you in the loop, we'll keep you posted. Please bear with us while we, while we make it right. That phrase bear with us is important. I saw a lovely post recently, which reminded customers of a restaurant that staff were hard to find. And the staff they did have were understaffed and people hadn't come into work and people had COVID and the service wouldn't be good that day. So rather than shout at our waiters and waitresses and rather than put up bad reviews and really bad complaints, show a little more grace, have a little more patience, demonstrate a little bit more understanding because things are crazy right now and not everyone gets the service that they want, despite best intentions. I couldn't agree more. And it's a case of at some point in all of our lives, we've been the person receiving bad service. And at some point in all of our lives, we've been the person who's messed up and we have to deal with that. So we've all, there's not a single person in the world who can honestly say they've never messed up. So we've all been on both sides and we all have to learn to deal with it. And when there is a mistake, deal with it in the way that you hope somebody would have dealt with you when you've made the mistake. And just like you said, have a bit of grace, grace and patience with it, even if you're the one having to make amends. Another aspect in today's online world, Lucy, is that people can put up a review and people can comment on that review and even ask the reviewer questions. You get this a lot with social media where these things play out. Someone will call out a company for bad practice or a person, and then you get this online debate and everybody's wading in with their opinion and it just blows up, doesn't it? So these people often do it for attention, they do it for a bit of clickbait. It can go beyond your control, can't it? It really can. And at that point, it comes down to knowing that you've acted with integrity. So I posted something recently about doing the right thing, even when no one's watching, which is to act in a way that sits with your values and beliefs at all times. And if you can sleep at night, knowing that you've done a good job or you've done your best and you acted in a way that you are happy with, that's kind of all you can do. And sometimes, you have to accept that you can't control what other people think and say or how they're going to react to something. The only thing you have control of is your reaction to it and learn to be okay with that. 
And even as somebody who spent a lot of time doing personal development work and has been to therapy a lot, I sometimes still struggle with that. So it's definitely a journey. What happens, Lucy, when the person you've upset or let down is influential? Not quite a celebrity, but we can't say that all customers or clients are the same. Some people will shout louder, some are higher up, some have greater spheres of influence, some will make more noise, some will do more damage. So do we treat these differently in each case on its merits? It's a really tricky one. I think it's really tempting to uh, kowtow in the face of celebrity. And I'm not, I'm not using that word lightly. But it's the people that say, do you know who I am? Do you know who you've offended here? Do you realise the influence I got? Do you realise who I know in the press? Yeah, and that's really that's really hard to deal with, actually. And well, they'll hold it, you to ransom, won't they, if you're not careful? It, it is a little bit, and you can end up sacrificing your own values to avoid that potentially difficult situation. What I would say, again, is looking at each case on their own merits. Look, if you messed up something for a VIP and they go and they talk about it on social media and more people see it than if it was someone who's not famous or influential, yeah, that could have a, could have a negative impact on your brand. But... If you deal with it well and you rectify the situation or explain things uh, articulately and use the opportunity to not put your side of the story forward, but to if they're going to do it publicly, you do it publicly, to publicly go forth and, and say, we messed up. There's real power in going, we messed up, we're sorry, we're going to fix it. There's some research somewhere which actually talks about that if you've made a mistake and fixed it, that person's more likely to recommend your brand than if you just did it right in the first place. That's not a tactic, but it is an opportunity to remember that. And hopefully if that person has integrity and isn't just doing it for clickbait and you do rectify it, they will go back and go, I spoke to this company because I have seen people do this. Actually, they fixed it and we had a great time. And um, I'm pleased to say that uh, you they're actually a, a good company. It was just a blip or something. So hopefully you get the opportunity to do that. But yeah, it can be um, very hard to deal with. And finally, on this point, Lucy, as someone that wrote the book on reputation, holding up my book for the video here, <laughs> there are companies out there, I'm not entirely sure how this works, that will scrape bad reviews for you and take them off. And any damaging online press that you've got, they will hunt it down, Google alerts and such like, and strip them away from the internet. So there's no record of them at all. That keeps your five-star review wholesome. It keeps your overall record intact what do you say to services like that i'd say can you sleep at night <laughs> yeah that's that's the integrity part you isn't can do it a donald trump and just say all of it's fake news and it's not really a real review get rid of it i'm just i'm just always suspicious of companies that never have a single one-star review or never have anyone ever say anything negative about them because living in the real world i've said negative things about companies not necessarily online but I've definitely had conversations where I go, oh, it wasn't very good there or did you get cancelled no of course not you're going to get cancelled and I don't actually think that being being cancelled isn't 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 really the thing we think it is I think um we, we're speaking to this idea of censorship which is the whole of the topic you're allowed to have an opinion on something and you're allowed to post about it online uh I think we come back to integrity and I'm, as you know, a bit warts and all, and I'm not saying I've never made a mistake, and I'm not saying I'm never going to make a mistake again, because I probably will. But I hope that I've got the integrity to own it, and to if it's on me, I deal with it, and if it's not, I, well, also deal with it. Well, Lucy, this has been great talking about this stuff. And uh, just a quick mention for ProNation, which is a mentoring coaching group for accounting firm owners, practitioners, that you're launching with Will Farnell and Carl Reader. 
things like this are the kind of topics that you will be helping people out there with, aren't they? Yeah, th this is the stuff that it's hard to talk about, actually. We have this uh, world where we want to post the highlight reels and we even even this kind of concept of vulnerability, I think, has been a little bit uh, skewed because people are posting a filtered photo of themselves going, I've had a bad day and I'm being vulnerable. And actually real vulnerability is about having a space and a safe space of probably like-minded peers. And it can feel like therapy where you listen to them talk and you go, oh, it's not just me. It didn't just happen to me. It's happened to these people. And these people are really successful and they still had these problems. There's massive power in that of finding that tribe of people who you can share that stuff with. And working with Carl and Will, Whenever I talked to them, we had a conversation of the day and I was like, oh, okay, well, YouTube had exactly the same thing as me this week. There we are then. And it, there was such power in that. Um, that's what I'm hoping we're going to bring to have that space where you can truly kind of let that um, let that side out of your business and of your concerns and worries. The stuff that keeps you, I call it the 4 a.m. stuff keeps Indeed. you awake at night. And it's not just one perspective, one guru who's perhaps not been through it, but it's three people that are seasoned campaigners that will give different perspectives on the same problem and give the community a, a peer over many garden walls on what works and what doesn't. Yeah, spot on. You know, this isn't about it's my way or the highway. And this isn't about having a doctrine that we expect everyone to follow. This is about the combined experience. I think I added up, we've got over 50 years between us in the profession, which is horrifying. I'm going to caveat that by saying they're both older than me. <laughs> but I hope they don't listen to this. <laughs> they take up more years than me. But uh, I, it's about having those that, that kind of wealth of experience and different perspectives and then picking the one that feels right for you. Super. Well, uh, you wonderful audience, look out for PronoNation when it launches and dip into that. There's a few different levels of membership, but it's definitely going to be the go-to community in the world of accounting. Lucy Klein, thanks so much for your thoughts today on getting one-star reviews and complaints. <laughs> We've got a lot of great practical ideas to take away. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Leading the discussion on firms that are standing out, winning work and becoming the top performers in the accounting and fintech world. Brought to you by Dext.